Sometimes life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends. And we'll talk about all of that right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. All right, welcome everyone to The Beautiful Butterfly Project. And I am so excited today because I have with me someone who is very special to me, Mr. C. Nathaniel Brown. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about him before we get started. C. Nathaniel Brown is an award-winning writer, publisher, filmmaker. He's also a writing coach and a speaker, a native of Baltimore. He has a bachelor's degree from Denison University that focused in on writing and he further studied at Ohio University's journalism program. Basically, you guys, he has a 20 plus career as um, a newspaper and magazine recorder. In 1996, he published his first book, and this was a collection of poems. And so this um, started him on his experience and career helping others to write and publish their own books, including me. So I'm very happy to say that. And he has hosted thousands of um, writers through his workshops, seminars, and webinars. He is the founder and CEO of Expected End Entertainment, where he is a screenwriter of short films, feature films, television scripts, and so much more. He started Expected End Entertainment in 2011 when he moved to the metro Atlanta area. And I could just go on and on and on about this individual, but he has a dynamic wife, the first lady of EX3, and they reside in Metro Atlanta. So um, I'm just so excited to welcome to the show, Mr. C. Nathaniel Brown. Thank you so much. That was awesome. I think I would love to take you on the road with me and you can just introduce me everywhere I go. How about that? I know. I even gave you two rounds of hand claps. How about that? Yeah, I love it. I love it. So first of all, I just like to let everybody know that is listening to this podcast that you are not only all of those things, but you are a mentor and a friend to me. And I am so excited to have you on the first um, episode, episode one of the Beautiful Butterfly Project. And I really wanted to do this interview with you because on July the 25th, it actually marks the five-year anniversary of the publishing of my first book with Expected in Entertainment, Reflections of the Butterfly. So I wanted to have you as my first guest to commemorate that on the opening of this podcast. So I'm excited to have you. Thank you. I am honored and I, I am celebrating with you on this new journey. I'm celebrating with you on the anniversary of uh, publishing your first book. And I know that there is so much more in store and I'm just glad to be able to take this journey with you. Well, I'm so excited and thank you for that. So, you know, I know I gave an introduction, <laughs> but we all have a story. And who do you say that C. Nathaniel Brown is? We affectionately call you Chuck, um, but who do you say that you are? 
Well, um, first, I, I, I start by saying I'm just a kid from Baltimore, um, born and raised in the inner, inner city of Baltimore to a single mother who was my foundation for who I am now. She um, instilled in me a lot of the morals and values that I carried along throughout my life. And I was also raised by a group of beautiful women, um, my cousins, my aunts, my grandmother, and just the extended family. They made sure that I, that they raised me to be a gentleman. And I tried to make that translate into everything that I did, whether it was from personal to business to education. All of those things helped me to become who I am. And also they instilled my faith um, in the Lord in me, uh, which is also something that helped me to maintain that balance through the ups and downs of life that we all go through. Um, and so that allowed me to build everything else that uh, helped me become who I am now and is still helping me to become who I'm eventually going to be. Wow, that's very powerful, especially, you know, the part that you said about being surrounded by strong women, strong individuals that shaped you into the person that you are today, because all of us have a unique story. We have a unique journey. And that's what the Beautiful Butterfly Project is about. It's about sharing our stories of our journey and taking each of those experiences and, um, you know, talking about how they shaped us. And so if you had to say growing up in Baltimore, <laughs> what is one experience that you say in your life, Chuck, that um, has shaped you into who you are? Um, you know, we all have that one moment that we define ourselves as an individual. What was that one moment for you? I don't know if I could say that there is one moment. Um, I could tell you several of those smaller moments that added up to um, that major moment. But I, I think it all starts with me watching uh, the women in my life, as I mentioned before, and all of them wanted more from me than I could see at the time. And um, all the things that they told me and taught me, it helped me at an early age realize that I wanted more than what I was experiencing. I wanted more than what I was, was seeing. And unfortunately, the way I grew up, um, I, I like to liken it to what people see in The Wire, even though that was a fictional um, account of life in Baltimore. It's it was a great show. Around actual events and actual people. So that was my environment that I grew up in. And, um, you know, just the way I was raised, I always knew that there was more and there that was something different. And so I remember telling my mother the first thing I, I ever told my mother I wanted to be was a writer. And I didn't have any other example other than my mother writing. And so she said, you can be and do anything you want to do. And I don't know if she really believed it as much as I believed it, but I pursued that and I knew at some point I was going to have an impact right. And so, um, again, all of those things that were instilled by these uh, wonderful women helped me to believe even when I said something like that. And I was probably five years old at the time. I, like I believed because of how they taught me, how they raised me. And so, um, again, the, if, if you had to pick one moment, I would say that would be the moment. But it was based off of all the, the things that were instilled in me, because once I said it and my mother said, absolutely, you can be and do anything you want to do. I never stopped believing anytime I said something. 
And so they gave me that support and that confidence to really go after what I wanted. You know, that's so important because even at that young age of five, you knew what you wanted to be. And when you express that to someone, they, um, your mother was all in with you. She was a hundred percent behind you. And that's so important because I think a lot of times when we're discovering who we are and we're expressing who we want to be, that's all we need is just someone to believe in ourselves. And so, from the age of five and you expressing that you want uh, wanted to be a writer, what did that take you? I mean, exactly on what trajectory did that um, set your life on? Uh, just like most people all over the place. <laughs> because I, I still thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I still thought I was going to be a basketball player, a football player. I thought I was going to be a psychologist. I thought I was going to be so many things over the course uh, of my life, but I always knew that writing was going to be that common thread. So I always wrote, no matter um, if it was when I, you know, started playing football and I was pretty good. I wasn't the biggest kid. Actually, I was probably the smallest kid everywhere. I was still writing, even though I thought maybe one day I can make it to the NFL. Started playing basketball and said, okay, I'm pretty good. Maybe one day I can make it to the NBA. But over the course of that time, I was still writing. I was writing poetry. I was writing short stories. I was studying folklore and I started writing my own folklore. Um, I started writing letters because I, I didn't communicate um, verbally as much as I probably could have because I'm, I'm an introvert and um, I was really shy growing up. And so I would just write things and I would pass notes and I would write little notes and say, OK, one day I'm going to put this in a movie. One day I'm going to put this on television. I will watch my family and trust me, there are many characters that you're going to eventually <laughs> see from my family. I would say, oh, yeah, I'm writing this down. OK, he did this. She did this. She said this. And I would take those pieces of paper and I would stick them in my pocket. And then later I would put them in my what I called my junk drawer. And then eventually that became a junk duffel bag. I still have a lot of those um, notes and cards and I would write on napkins and everything. And so as I went through college and started my professional career as a journalist, um, that's when I really started understanding storytelling. And then I realized how I could share some of the things that happened in my life, the people that, that are in my life, the funny stories, um, the story about my uncle who almost set the house on fire, starting a barbecue and, you know, just oh things my. like that, that I hold on to those stories because they're hilarious. Um, some are serious. Some of the life lessons that you're even asking about now that helped me to become who I am. Those things are all a part of what I want to develop to be able to teach other people, to entertain people, to educate people. All of all of what we want to be able to do in a, a complete healing, a complete building up of a person, as opposed to the tearing down that we see a lot of time in the news, the media and in Hollywood. That is so amazing how you talk about the little snippets and little stories from life, you know, because we all we always hear that, you know, saying that art imitates life. And it really does, because we take our stories and we take those experiences and we share them with others because there may be some commonality. commonality. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I think 
um, would help us if we understood that across the board with um, gender, with race, with ethnicity, with communities. There are so many things that we can relate to, but we spend so much time talking about the differences. We start talking about hatred and um, the, the different classifications for everything as opposed to us finding something common. Like we all love to laugh. We all love to smile. You know, we might not always laugh at the same joke, but there is something that we can talk about that can bring us together. And I want to be able to do that with my stories, with the stories that I've been able to see. And some of my family members who would never write something, who would never share their story, I can help them do that. And so that's one of the reasons that I got into being able to help people to write their scripts and write books and share their stories, because there's so much healing and help in those things. And again, if we could find a way to connect with someone else, then we're winning. We're making life better as opposed to me looking for a reason to tear you down. Like that, that just doesn't make sense to me. I wasn't raised that way. And so the more I can do of that, the more it's going to spread and hopefully it will make the world a better place. Just giving back to the world and we all have more in common than what we have in differences. Um, which is such an important thing. And so when you take a look at um, someone's story, and I know when I pitched (laughs) my book to you, I was scared because it was something that I had never done before. I had never really written anything, but I felt that uh, I had something to say. And so when someone... someone comes to you and they are, um, you know, nervous about writing a book or nervous about whether you think they um, may have a screenplay, uh, what are some of the things that you tell those individuals, you know, to make them feel um, comfortable moving forward? The first thing I tell them is that everybody has a story and every story, story has an audience. So there are some things that are built in already So that should relieve some of the stress, the fear, the anxiety. And then so we just start peeling back those layers so that they can realize that they're no different from a James Baldwin, a Paul Lawrence Dunbar, um, Toni Morrison, or anybody else who writes. They just took that step to share their story. So if I could help pull back some of those layers of fear and anxiety, it makes it easier for someone to share their stories and to go through the process. And the fact that I've been through this process several times, I can tell them, yes, I've stumbled here. I didn't do this right. But guess what? I learned these things to be able to help it be a smoother process for you. And I always share the first time I published my book. And the feeling that I got when I got that book and I opened it up and I saw my words on the page, it was an amazing feeling that I I feel that same feeling every single time I publish a new book. And I tell them that I want them to experience that as well. And the the thing that, that separates what I do from a lot of people is because I'm passionate about it and I'm invested in that writer and not just in that service or that process. So if I can help you enjoy this journey and celebrate this major milestone, then it helps me to realize that everything that I decided I wanted to do to be able to help people, I can see it, I can do it, and I can experience it. So when you celebrate, I celebrate again. 
because a big part of my life's goal and my life life's mission is to help other people to really experience life the way they dream it. That's amazing. Um, you know, there's just so many nuggets in there. Um, you know, it's just encouraging people to, you know, embrace their their story and and for us to be comfortable with the idea that someone out there needs to hear exactly what we have to say. And I'm just so grateful that you are in the business of helping people share that. So my hat is off to you. And um and I know what you helped me do in writing and publishing my book and and I just wanted people to hear a little bit about that because of how important it is. And in case they have aspirations to become a writer themselves. Um, Absolutely. And I would say this too, um, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I have to say this, um, you, you are one of those unique gems. You have oh, vision oh, for what yeah. you want to do. You, you know exactly who you're targeting. So a lot of the, the, Legwork was already done when I got involved. All you needed was just a little more direction and a little push here or there. But it was it was such an, an easy process and it was a joy for me to work with you because I knew it was just the beginning of what you were going to do. And to be able to see all the things that you've done since then, um, since our meeting five years ago to now in the podcast and all the other things that are coming up, it's, it's such a joy for me because I knew it. I saw all of the, those things then. And, and now they're coming to fruition. And some are coming to fruition again and again and again. And that's an amazing thing. So I applaud you. I salute you. And it's people like you, yourself that helped me to be able to do this again. Because sometimes it's not easy. You know, it's hard work. And you run into people that, uh, want to be difficult or try to make your life difficult, but then you have people that understand that it's bigger than a one-time thing. And so that's very important to me. So kudos again to you. And uh, I'm glad we made this connection. And uh, it's just the beginning. Thank you so much for those kind words. Uh, you know, I just really appreciate it. Um so, so much. And again, everybody, we are talking with C. Nathaniel Brown. He is an award-winning filmmaker. He is a author. He is so many things, but most of all, he is a friend. And we've just been having this conversation about um, how, uh, you know, he has taken everything that he's done in in his life, you know, his uh, passion and how he's taking that and he's pursuing other things in his life. And so when we talk about passion and we talk about the things that drive us, what would you say that your number one passion is? I know we've, you know, talked about, you know, the writing and helping people share their stories. Outside of that, um, what would you say that a passion of yours is? Well, I have a, a personal mission statement. And that mission statement is something that keeps me focused, but it also keeps me directed to my passion. And that mission statement basically says to be an example of Christ in season and out of season 
in word and in deed to help people live better, dream bigger, and impact their community. And so for me, it's all about helping other people, you know, by being an example first, and then by using whatever gifts and talents that I have to help them impact their own lives and then impact the lives of their communities. And so that could be anything from, you know, writing a book, acting in a movie, um, just mentoring them on a personal level, uh, praying for someone. That's where my passion is. So I tend to do a lot of what I do because that passion is about helping people. Is not just about me writing or is not just about me making a movie, but it's how can I write something that's going to impact somebody's life? How can I do a movie that's, yeah, it's going to entertain you, but it's also going to give you some nuggets to help you with your life. Or maybe it'll, it might make you ask yourself a question. Well, what am I doing with my time? How am I going to change my life? How am I going to impact my children's lives or generations to come? And so that's where my passion is. Um, I know Tupac said something that I often repeat. I always jack up the quote, but he basically says, <laughs> I might not be the person to change the world, but I will spark the mind who will. Well, big ups so, to Tupac. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's kind of, you know, my mission. Like I want to do some things to change the world. But if I don't, hopefully something that I do or something that I say, something that I write about will inspire, will motivate, will transform, will empower somebody to make that difference that's going to change the world. So that's why I can't give up. That's why I'm so passionate about the things that I do, even when there are those ups and downs, because I don't want anybody to think it's always peaches and cream. It's, some, it's hard sometimes. But whenever I get to that place, I remind myself of my personal mission statement. I remind myself of the people who are waiting for me to do what I said I'm going to do. They are waiting for me. No, I always tell people, people are literally dying, waiting for you to be who you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to do. So I don't have time to sit around and be down on myself or have my own pity parties or... Uh, cry because I failed, it's okay. I can get back up. I can try again and I can do it again because there are so many people depending on me to do what I'm supposed to do. Yes, because failure and um, adversity introduces you to who you are. Um, yeah, I'm a firm yes. believer in that. And I heard something that you said when you talk about community and impacting your community. And I know through film, you do that quite a bit. And one of the films that I was most um, impressed by and impacted by was the Kainu Legacy. And could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Kainu Legacy is my first feature film. And the whole concept behind it was dealing with campus sexual assault. On college campuses uh, all across the country and even across the world, but particularly in this country, Young girls are being sexually assaulted at an alarming rate, and they are afraid to um, report it because people don't believe them or they victim shame. And we wanted to be able to do a film that would help people to understand what goes on on college campuses. Now, this is just one example or one story of a sexual campus sexual assault, and there are many, but we wanted to be able to show what happens to someone who is sexually assaulted. What happens to the people who are accused rightfully and wrongfully, because that happens as well. 
And then we wanted to make sure that we taught people what are resources to help someone who is sexually assaulted. And then ultimately, we wanted to make sure that someone is held responsible for that act. And so that film gave us an opportunity to tell um, a story, again, that, that would be entertaining, that there's some laughs, there are moments you might cry, there's some serious moments, but it, it gives you a good picture of what that type of scenario is. When I saw that movie, it was um, very eye-opening and the cast of actors were just simply amazing. And and I just saw the work and the um, emphasis that you really placed in that film and how it would impact a community. And I know a lot of your films, they have been recognized and they have been, um, you know, awarded, you know, various accolades and film festivals and so forth. So tell the audience a little bit more about your latest project and, um, and exactly everything that is going on with that. Well, we have quite a few projects in the works. Um, yes, I know. One of our, <laughs> one of our uh, main pro- projects is uh, our next film called Malachi. And that's a story about a, a young Black law student who finds himself in, in trouble with the law, jeopardizing everything that he's been working forward to. Uh, working toward. And then we talk about how he's uh, linked up with a mentor that at first he feels that there are so many differences, but then they find out that there are some commonalities there. And this particular mentor is a white man. And so race, um, police brutality, criminal justice system, a lot of the things that we're dealing with in society right now, we talk about in this movie, but we do it in a way that uh, really deals with the relationships of the people and show how these things uh, impact all of us. So we're, we're excited about that. We're working on um, that now. We had a little bit of a delay because of uh, COVID-19, but we haven't given up on the project and we're excited about pulling it together and, and again, educating people on so many topics, entertaining them, but then also empowering us all to do something different. And that's so important, especially with the um, movie Malachi, because of the things that are going on in society, the things that we are reading in the headlines, the change that we are seeing that is happening right before our eyes. We are making history with the, um, you know, with the protests and with the impact that that can have on the future laws that we're going to see and just really seeing the excitement and the igniting of young people and just not only that, but people coming together across various, um, you know, ethnicities, racist, socioeconomic backgrounds, which is goes back to the point that you made earlier, that we all have more commonalities than we do our differences. And so I can't wait for Malachi. Um, you know, Me I either. <laughs> timely. <laughs> and and I think that it's very, very important. So in making your films, Chuck, and um, you know, writing the books, you know, all of us have a mentor, all of us have someone who has been an influence within our lives. And and I know that I've talked with you some about some of the influences um, that you've had in your life. So who do you say has uh, greatly influenced the work that you do? 
From a professional standpoint, I've never had a, a hands-on direct mentor, um, which is something I used as an excuse for a long time not to do certain things. So, oh, well, I don't have anybody to show me how to do this. I don't have anybody to lead me and in, in tell me to avoid these mistakes. So I use that as an excuse not to do a lot of things. But then I understood that I can't sit around and wait for a traditional mentor so one of the things that I did was I found what I call distant mentors. And those are people that are doing what I want to do, that I can study, I can read about them, I can watch them. You know, people like Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, um, Spike Lee to a degree. Uh, but of course, some of the writers that I fell in love with, you know, growing up, the Paul Lawrence Dunbars, the Maya Angelou, um, you know, she was my first writing mentor, even though I'd never met her. Um, I used to see one of her poems and I would duplicate it using my own words. So the same amount of word count, the same amount of lines, the same flow, and I would just use my story. And so that's how I found inspiration to continue writing using distant mentors in my process as I was waiting for someone to take me under their wing and show me how to do it. But because I never had that, I found those those people, you know, whether they were um, professors or whether they were um, speakers, authors, other filmmakers, and I watched and I studied them. But the one thing that I decided to do was to make sure that no matter what it was I did, that I would be that mentor for other people. Obviously, you can't mentor everybody, but if I could help one or two here or there, three or four, that's what I would do. So everything that I did, you know, whether it was from in ministry, whether it was in doing photography, whether it was as a journalist, as a filmmaker, as a screenwriter, as a publisher, I decided that I was going to be that mentor that I was looking for. Again, not having all the answers, not having all the solutions, but to be able to provide some, someone something to start with so they could build their own foundation and then grow from there. And that's why it's important for me to tell people about my mission statement so that they can impact their community and pay it forward. It might only be you know one person that they're able to help, but that's more than what they would have done if they did nothing. Yeah, because we've always heard about each one, teach one, but it's always each one, reach one, then teach mm -hmm. one. But then everybody isn't coachable either. And that's a whole this other. This is true. That's why I thank God for you. <laughs> that's a whole other subject that we can talk about forever. But I am just I am loving, just loving your spirit and um, how you have just um, you know, the willingness to give back because that's so very important, you know, to shape the, you know, the minds of our future writers because I love independent artists and independent artists are so important. You know, we see the rise of, you know, Netflix and, you know, Hulu and all of these avenues, Amazon Prime, all of these avenues to where, you know, content is out. You know, we have Aspire Television uh, here in 
Atlanta. And it's just really, really great to see independent artists having the opportunity to showcase their work. And so, you know, here we're talking with C. Nathaniel Brown, and he is an award-winning filmmaker and, and, and author. And we're talking about how to relentlessly pursue our passion and our purpose. And one question I wanted to ask you is, what is one word of advice that you can give others? Uh, like if they're looking to, you know, you know, they're working in a career, they're dabbling in what they feel is, is their passion or or their purpose, what is one thing that you can say to them that is going to encourage them to uh, keep going, you know, when it gets hard? Now, you said one word. I know you literally don't mean one word, right? Because <laughs> I know when it's, you know, having a conversation with you, it's just not one word, but a series of words. <laughs> okay, okay. I can do, that I can can do a help series someone. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the thing that I, I tell pretty much everybody. Um, because when people ask me, you know, how did you write your first book? Or how did you do this? Or how you do any of the things that I've done, and I'm, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. My advice to everyone is to start where you are. Start with what, what you have. And don't quit. Because you'll get it done if you don't quit. But if you don't get started, you'll never get where you want to go. And so, um, you know, sometimes people don't have all the tools, they don't have all the connections, they don't know exactly what all they want to do, but they know they want to go somewhere. So I would tell them, just start, go in that direction, and eventually you'll find your way. And that's it. Just start. Start where you are, start with what you have, and keep going. I love that. I love that. And so why don't you tell the audience... um, you know exactly where if they want to find out more information about C. Nathaniel Brown or expected in entertainment. What's your contact information? Yes, thank you again. Um, I can be found on social media on all platforms at C. Nathaniel Brown. That's the letter C. N a t h a n i e l b r o w n, um, and that's for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't do TikTok, but you probably could find me there too. Um, but all social media platforms, see Nathaniel Brown. And then you can find out more information about Expected in Entertainment at www.ex3ent. That's the letter E, I'm sorry, the letter EX, the number three, ENT.com. Well, we're not quite finished yet. There are some questions that I'd like to ask and um, just for our listeners and what I'm going to dub is the Butterfly Nation. And so my first question is, if your personality were a color, what color would it be? It would be royal blue. And tell us why. Um, My favorite color is black, so I was going to say that initially, but... Um, I said, no, I'm giving give it a little bit of color. I would say royal blue because it's bright. Um, it doesn't have to say much, although it might sound like I'm saying much right now. <laughs> it kind of speaks for <laughs> itself. And so the things that you do, the things that you produce in that color, um, they stand out. But it's not in a way where it's not necessarily like a fluorescent pink, for example, where it's going to glow. 
is not one of the, I'm not one of those people that have to have the the spotlight. And so just to be able to be recognized, you know, for who you are and what you do, royal blue to me is that color. Um, it has a richness to it. It has a vibrance to it. And it, it makes you happy. And so that's kind of who I am. I want I want want people to be happy. I want them to enjoy their lives and I want them to succeed. And for some reason, that color does those things for me. What's your favorite word? Love. If you had one day left on earth, what would you spend it doing? Loving the people that I love and care about. Um, just spending time with them, trying to make them happy. And as we wrap up this interview, are there any last words that you would like to leave the Butterfly Nation? Absolutely. Um, that to me is to love more than you hate and be and do who you're called to be. No matter what people think about you, no matter what obstacles are in your way, um, just do it. And you might not do it perfectly the first time but you'll get better and better and better. So keep going, keep doing, and keep being exactly who you are. That was amazing. Thank you so much. And as we wrap things up here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, there's always one thing that I'd like to say that it's okay if your life is a mess. We just don't want it to stay a mess. We want you to keep moving forward and progressing and just know that nothing worth having is ever achieved without that hard work and sacrifice. And we'll see you next time here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful, but most of all, inspiring. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at the Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email the Beautiful Butterfly Project at InnovativeButterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on the Beautiful Butterfly Project.